If y'all would, take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Get comfortable. And we're going to look into God's Word. Ephesians chapter 5 is, uh, if you need help finding it, go through the Gospels. Then you got Acts and Romans and First and Second Corinthians. And then there's this little acronym that I like to use. It's Go Eat Popcorn, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then Colossians. So if you get to Philippians, Colossians, you've gone too far, turn around, go backwards, and you'll find yourself in Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians, again, it's chapter 5. I remember when this show, uh, it was Home Improvement. I always want to call it Tool Time. But when Home Improvement was really popular when, when I was a little bit younger and watching my younger sisters and her, some of her friends go gaga over Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I wish I could say that the entertainment industry was what it used to be, that Andy Griffith was the standard. And recently I was, I was looking for a, a Spotify playlist that, that while I'm studying I wanted to use or, or you know that kind of thing. And I found one that was called the oldies of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And I went, I'm kind of offended by that. I bet there's some great music in that, but I'm not going to follow it because it said oldies. And then I was in Velocity and I was talking with one of my students. And they said, what was it like growing up in the 1900s? And I went, it was great. <laughs> I remember when that show, again, though, it was popular, but, but Tim Taylor, he played this, this American dad who was a little bit goofy, a little bit wonky, and the expectation, though, has shifted. The expectation of what a man, what a husband, what a father is supposed to be has, has continually shifted. And what it is now, again, Andy Griffith is not the standard. Even Tim Taylor is no longer the standard. Today's expectation is driven by stuff of the world. It's driven by even our friends, but social media and celebrities, those sorts of things drive and put pressure on people about how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to do things. In the last week, we've gone through Valentine's Day. Last, literally a week ago was Valentine's Day. And I'm sure there were probably unmet expectations that might have left some guys in hot water. Um, for those of you who did well, well congrats. Um, don't worry, the, the bar will keep getting raised by society, by celebrities, by media. But this series is about those expectations. It's about expectations of, of marriage, about how we're supposed to engage one another as husbands, as wives, as, as believers. To those of you who are single in this room, don't worry. One day that may come for you. If not, it may come for one of your friends, and they may call you or text you and say, I got this thing, and filing this away in the filing cabinet is, is a good thing. So don't, don't think we're leaving you out. And if you're a veteran successfully of marriage, there's guys like me who need you to slap me upside the head and say, hey, stupid, don't do that. Um, it, it happens. Last week, we talked about priorities. We learned that God wants our mind, our heart, our souls, all of us, and that trifecta of what he wants is kind of like the Trinity with God in the, in the front, and now we've got husband and wives as we look at, at marriage aligned equally, 
But how are we supposed to, to interact with one another? Today, we're going to focus on the husbands. As we get a little closer to the end, I'll talk to you guys a little bit, ladies. I don't want you to think I'm, I'm leaving you out. Guys, if she elbows you in the ribs, it's, it's coming out of this. I'm not the one. You know, I'm just a messenger. <laughs> so the question today is, do you want to be a hero or a zero? God created you. This is the point created your spouse in his image. He put within him or her his greatest desire, what we talked about last week, to be loved with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about Ephesians. Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus, obviously. Timothy was the pastor in Ephesus. He was a younger guy leading this church. And um, Paul wrote in another letter to not let don't, don't let yourself get down. Don't let them give you a hard time because you're young. And I read that this week and I went, whoo-wee, because I got to stand up here and talk to a bunch of you guys that are veterans of marriage about being husbands. And as I'm reading through this, I'm going, whoo-wee, I'm talking to myself. There's some, so don't think I'm, again, I'm up here saying anything about being holier than thou. Just don't shoot the messenger. Because I'm telling you, I was over, I've been studying this, stepping on my own feet. So to the text, we're going to start at Ephesians 5. We're going to start with, chat, with verse 25. It starts out addressing who we're talking to. Husbands, love your wives. That is the basic command of the next several verses. We, we could almost stop right there. If we, if, we, if we could, Paul, of course, went on because we're guys and we need it a little more than that. But husbands, love your wives. It's the basic, basic instruction. Tells us who, who it's to, obviously, husbands. Don't write it off. Don't, again, if you're not married, if you've been married for a long time, don't write this off that, that this isn't to you. Somebody may need your help. And it may be coming down the road for you one day. This is something to file away in the file cabinet. Love. Pastor Mike, when we did the Crippling Misconception series, did a great job. That first one did where Peter and Jesus are dealing with one another, and, and Jesus keeps saying, Peter, do you love me? Agape love. Peter responding, I love you. Phileo love. Explaining those two. And then there's Eros, which is the romantic love. Obviously, we would I would jump to a conclusion right here if, if I didn't have to study a little bit that that love this is talking about husbands and wives maybe this is romantic but it's not what the the word Paul used again was agape it was that same word that pastor Mike informed us about where Jesus is dealing with Peter it's the, the the same word that same love that comes from God it's not love that's influenced by passion it's not love that's influenced by desire it's love that comes from God. It's love that we have because of God. And we see that as we keep reading this, just as Christ loved the church. That love, that standard of what we're supposed to be doing, who it is that's the standard. Christ is the standard, just like he did. Just as Christ loved the church. We often, we, when I say we today, it's mostly going to be guys that I'm, I'm referencing. We, 
This is one of, one of the, the things that I had to deal with as I got through this. Love is kind of a squishy topic. When we guys think love, we start talking love and Valentine's Day cards and that kind of stuff, we get love. <clears throat> but I, I, y'all think about, think about Jesus for a minute. Think about Christ and the kind of love that he had. And, and I, you know, Jesus cried. We, we read in, in Scripture that uh, Lazarus, a great friend of Jesus, when he died, the shortest verse in Scripture was Jesus wept. He, that's more than crying. That's more than, than welling up a tear of, you know, at a funeral. That, he wept. That's breaking down, crying. And, and then I, wanna, I actually want to think about who that man, the, the, the human God, Jesus. Have you, if you know any men who, who work with their hands for a living, you shake that man's hand, a lot of times you know you just grabbed the other end of a man. You, you, you know you grab somebody who's physically strong, they're tough. Jesus was a carpenter when CNC machines didn't exist. This man used his hands and built tools to build chairs and whatever other things he carpenters build. Every day. This is how he made his living for 30 years up until he started his ministry. This man was not weak. And if we were, we're headed into Easter, you look at the passion story, what he endured, there's no weakness in Jesus. That love is not weak. That he stood toe-to-toe with Pilate. He stood in a room with with Judas, knowing what Judas was about to do and said, get on with it. There's no weakness in that kind of love. So when we think, when we look at this and say, husbands, love your wives, this, I said hero, the, the title, hero or zero, because that's the standard. Jesus, that kind of love, that, that strong love, not just passion, not, not just desire, but a willingness to sacrifice, a willingness to put somebody else before me. The knight in shining armor kind of love. There's no guy that, that I know, at least. How many linemen dream of that fumble that they get to scoop up and run into the end zone? I get to be the hero for once instead of the guy grinding it down in the trenches. How many, how many young men playing baseball dream of just slapping one out of the park with, you know, it's tied up and somebody's on second, you're in the bottom of the ninth. Guys want to be a hero. It's, it's, in, it's built into us. And we've got an example of it. And, and we're being asked to love our wives like that. We're being asked... Hit it out of the park for her. Take that, take that step. This is God's kind of love. It's love that's sacrificial. It's love that's selfless. It's love that's unconditional. <clears throat> I put this on a slide. It says, for a husband to love his wife, he must truly desire what is best for her. And he must work, thank you, he must work for 
that best for, for what, what's best regardless of the cost to himself. This is the kind of love we're talking about. It's not, and that says a lot of work, 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 work. We're gonna, that love is a four-letter word, work's a four-letter word. We're going to get to that one in a second too. So take a step, sacrifice to, to put her before you. All right, let's keep moving. The standard in verse 26 keeps going that says to make her holy. Her, uh, obviously Paul is contrasting the church because just as Christ loved the church, the her that Paul is contrasting there is, is wives. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. That, as I told you guys earlier, we could stop with love, husbands love your wives, right? And, and But we, it doesn't, that's not enough. Okay, I'll love my wife. How do I do that? Well, here we go. Cleansing her through the word, these, this cleansing her through the word, that's, I, that center section there, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, I pulled that by the washing of the water out because we are not Christ. We husbands cannot do what Jesus did for Christians and what he did for the church. However, we can also care for our wives' spiritual well-being. We can go to small groups, we can study the Bible, we can do those things with her, we can pray with her, we can pray for her. We can be that kind of man, the kind of man that cares for our wives' spiritual well-being and engages it. Inspired by the Word, inspired by God's Word to us, to her, to all of the church, on how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to engage the world around us, what, how we're supposed to see the world around us. Now look, again, I said this looks like a lot of work. But there's goodness in this because he presents her to himself, radiant, without stain, without wrinkles, without blemish, holy and blameless. Now, guys, think about your, your wedding day. Think about those doors opening, and she's got that dress on and that smile on, and some of us might have even gone, and made a little noise like that. Pastor Michael probably nods, say he's heard a couple guys make, make some little squeaky noise when the door opens. Um, that, that image, that without blemish, the white dress, the, everything's beautiful, everything's perfect, that's what we're working for, to have that all the time. You put the effort in, and you get beauty. The, the, the thing here is if you treat her like the queen, she'll be the queen. A, a woman's self-image relies a lot, on a wife's self-image relies a lot on how her husband treats her. Again, you treat her like a queen, she'll be your queen. But if you don't treat her like that, don't expect her to be that. This is what Christ did. He gave, he sacrificed on, of himself 
and he gets a reward. It's not just, there's not just for her. Guys, there's something in this for you. It's not all sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice and grind and grind and work and and provide and do all these things. There's there's something to this for you because you get get to walk in the room with her on your arm like, man, ain't I something? I got her. That's that's an exciting place to be, to know I'm married up. I know it. And this is what we end up with. When you devote that work and that spiritual commitment to your bride, what you end up with is that triangle we looked at last week is you're both spiritually moving towards God. You put that effort in and you help her. You put the effort in for yourself. And you both move towards God. If you move towards one another, you might collide and clashes happen. You might blow past one another and you have to turn around and go back. And that triangle, the more you both move towards God, the closer you're getting together. You put that spiritual effort in. Care for her spiritual well-being. Care for her. Love her. And you're going to keep getting closer to God because he's the goal with which you're doing it all by. The example is in Christ. Let's keep moving. Verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. All right, guys. Here's here's the standard. Here's what we're looking for. We can say, you know, love, work, spiritual, yada, 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 right? I'm a guy. I'm a husband. I, I need the thing. What am I looking for? How do I get here? You give me a map, I can find it. But if you tell me, go, you know, find an oak tree, which one? I need a map. I need to know where the X is. This is the X as their own bodies. Your gauge about how you're loving your wife is yourself. How much do I care for me? Because if I get hungry, I'm going to eat. If I get tired, I'm going to sleep. If I get thirsty, I'm going to drink. Am I putting the same effort into my wife? Physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of those things. Am I putting the same effort into her? Because I know I'm going to take care of me because if I don't, I'll crumble. I'll fall apart. What about her? Am I checking? Am I, am I turning and checking on her? After all, no one hated their own body, right? If I get hungry, I'm not going to go, I'm hungry, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to stand here and be stubborn, right? But they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. There's the standard again. Jesus, again, is the standard. As we, as we look at how to engage our, our marriages, how to engage um, the lives that God set before us like this, he remains the standard. Jesus took care of himself, and he took care of the church in doing so. He made sure he had what he needed, and he made sure the church had what she needed. Put it all together. And that triangle we showed is what you end up with. If you don't do that, if you end up putting your own priorities, your own wants, your own needs, 
all the time ahead of your wife, what you end up with is one of my favorite words, cattywampus. You get a cattywampus triangle. The, the triangle is no longer level. The triangle is no longer equal. So we're going to see equal is part of what we're looking for. The only way to do this, the only way to do it right is to have your orientation on God right. That, or, that, that triangle, the, the level triangle is the only way to make this happen. For you to orient yourself on God, to put your heart, your mind, and your soul on God correctly, and then you can love your wife the way God's calling you to. Verse 31. For this reason... Here it all is. This is why this is going on. This is, this is why husbands and wives exist. A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one, one flesh. Leaving his, your father and mother, God designed marriage, and this is the way he designed it, to separate a young man from that which, with which he grew up, connect him to a young lady forever, and that they are equal, the triangle. They're on the corners of the triangle, equally pointed towards God. And when they equally point towards God, it fulfills her need to be loved, to be supported, to be cared for, and it makes you a better man. Now, I want to offer a word of caution here. If we were to look at this entire section of Scripture and when I, when I was studying this, I went back and if somebody wants to see this later, come look at my Bible. I highlighted, I write all in my Bibles, but I highlighted in verse 21, Paul wrote, submit to one another. There's no gender identified there. Submit to one another. He's, he's, he's literally writing to husbands and wives. And then the next word he writes is wives. And then this, this touchy subject says, submit yourselves to your own husbands. I'm not going to get into this real deep. That's Pastor Mike next week. <clears throat> he can have it. Um, we, get through, we get through a handful of verses there, and then Paul says, husbands, guys, when it says wives submit, he was not writing to you. He said, love your wives. That's what he said. He said, don't force her to submit to you. That's not. He said, wives, submit to your husbands. If you keep reading, when we get down to verse 32, excuse me, 33, it says, however, each one of you, again, there's no gender identified. He's talking to husbands and wives. He's talking to married couples. You must love your wives. And he keeps going and then says, and the wife must respect that separation of and means the, what comes after. Those two are two separate commands. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Again, Pastor Mike's going to deal with the later part of that next week. Um, but guys, he's separating that. He's not telling you force her to be anything. He's telling you do your part. Love your wife. Love her sacrificially. Love her completely. Love her without reservation. Seek Christ. 
He's the example in all of it. Just love her. Follow him, and how you love her will start to unroll and start to work a little easier. You'll seek her best good because that's what Christ did for the church. You'll sacrifice for her benefit because that's what Christ did for the church. You'll give yourself to her wholeheartedly because that's what Christ did for the church. And when you get done doing all of those things, love her some more. Just keep doing that. And, and you're going to be okay because you're going to get the radiant, wrinkle-free, loved lady. Now, how can you be the hero and not the zero? How can you be the, the knight in shining armor? Remember, guys, when God created his spouse, your spouse, he put in her his greatest desire, created her in, in his image to be loved completely with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. So your mind, think about her before you plan. Think about her before you act. Um, I'll, I'll tattle on myself. A few months ago, I was getting um, one of our vehicles serviced, and there was this real pretty truck out on the car lot. And... Um, I went and asked them a couple questions about it. And they said, you know what, maybe you could uh, do a test drive. Take it for the weekend. And I went, that's a great idea because she's already texted me and said no. And I'll, <laughs> we'll go on a date night in this big, pretty new truck. Guys, I was not thinking about what she said. <laughs> I don't have the big, pretty new truck. Let me... Because that's another way you can honor your wife. You can love her by listening to her intuition, listening to her concerns, listen to those kind of things because she might have something in her mind that she's at work and she can't tell you all of it. So you're texting her going, um, anyway, I told you I was going to tell a little bit about myself. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Um, if you'll think, if you'll put that part of your life, in front of your own, listen to her, you might learn something that you need to learn. Your heart, honor her to your core. Stay away from the website. Delete the app off your phone so there's no temptation. Get away from the things that would not be you honoring her to your core. Don't let the incidental glance turn into a stare. Honor her. Put her on the pedestal. Make her the queen. And she'll be yours. Your soul, again, you have to engage your faith walk. You have to engage it completely. As you engage your faith walk, walk beside her. Help her do the same. Pray with her. Pray for her. Read scripture with her. Come to church. Go to small groups. Teach your children about Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the example you've given us in Christ. We thank you for loving us. God, I pray that you help us as couples, as married couples, as 
believers around married couples, as believers helping lead married couples, God, that we seek to do things in your ways, that we seek to honor you, that we seek to follow you, and we seek to love one another like you've called us. We thank you for all you do for us, and we love you. Thank you for loving us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Grace, y'all have a great week. See you next time.